0: Okay, welcome to episode 12 of Views from the Outer Rim, the the podcast about mainly science fiction and fantasy gaming, but whatever takes our fancy um, will bring you news and the home of the X-Wing 2.0 show. Today we're going to be talking about Kate Beckinsale because she takes my fancy. (laughs) No, no she doesn't. (laughs) She doesn't take anything of yours. That's true. Anyway, this is Evil C, Clive, and I'm with my co-host. Justin, and I am Razaman. And before we begin, we should give a shout out to Mr. Earl Banner, gdgames.ca. For your gaming needs, check him out, send him an email. He, If he doesn't have it in stock, he will do his best to get it for you. And he is well-priced. Absolutely.
1: I'll tell you what, I'm pissed off that I didn't order all of my 2.0 stuff through him. More on that later.
0: Yeah. Okay, so let's go to our first segment, News from the Outer Rim. What have you been up to in this wasteland? Uh, I have been up to a a
1: number of 1.0 tournaments. We've been playing a little bit of Gloomhaven. And uh, I'm excited because coming up, we have uh, CamCon. And uh, yeah, we could talk about each of those things.
0: Yeah, so let's talk about CamCon. Yeah. If you want to explain what it is and what you're doing there. Sure. That's coming up end of October, and uh, 26th,
1: 27th, I think, if I got the weekend right. Yeah. So what that is, is uh, Kamloops' first RPG convention, Uh, and there are going to be many, many tables with many, many Dungeon Masters running many, many different kinds of games.
0: Yeah, I um, follow the Facebook feed, and there's going to be rifts, there's going to be... Dungeons and Dragons, there's going to be Pathfinder, there's going to be Genesis, and there's going to be someone doing the Star Wars Fantasy Flight game. Who would that be? Uh, That is me, sir. (laughs) Yeah, I'm excited. I I actually sat down a bit today
1: and uh, hashed out a little bit of an intro story that I'm going to get these characters to go through. So essentially, I'll be creating the characters, bringing them to the game. Allowing the players to either choose them or bestow. Remember we talked about that a little bit. I'm, I yeah. might even interview the characters and bestow one upon them. I don't know. And, uh, yeah, I've got a nice little opening and a problem, and um, it's going to be fun. A little custom-created adventure.
0: Which rulebook are you going to be using? Which setting?
1: Yeah, I think, uh, I think I'm think i going to split them up a little bit. I think that um, the ragtag that I'm going to uh, have the group be is like an uh, Edge of the Empire, you know, little group where they have uh, missions and they, you know, much like Firefly, where they're, they've got their yeah. ship and they run jobs. However, they're going to uh, have maybe a Force user or two with them.
0: Yeah, or a lot like Han Solo in the Han Solo movie. Exactly, yeah. yeah.
1: Like yeah. maybe rob a train, etc. Yeah, got it.
0: That, that'd, that'd be cool. Yeah, so uh,
1: yeah, they might have a Force user with them because uh, the, the catch for me is going to be yeah, I don't want any listeners to get a spoiler. But anyway, there's going to be a catch why they would have Force users with them because um, we're going to, I'm going to place it in the time when the Jedi are being hunted and very rare.
0: Cool. So, yeah, Because the Force is with you. Always. Um, anyway, so that'll be very cool. Yeah. You're um, at CamCon too. I am. I've been invited to run the board game library. So teaching people board games on behalf of the How We Roll project, which is an initiative that I started to try and get many people involved in gaming, uh, tabletop gaming as possible. So we'll be running the library, teaching some games, um, have a couple of people helping me. I've got to find out who they're going to be yet, whether people can get weekends away. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it should be fun.
1: That How We Roll project that uh, you run, Clive, you also this past Wednesday had your inaugural uh, board games night, family board games night. Yeah, we did a
0: family board game night at the local library. We had 13... People show up, kids from, I would say, age six, seven to the parents. You know, nice. there was a seven-year-old. There was played one, if you want a good game for your family, that um, involves kind of stacking and building and challenging each other to how far you can get up the building. It's called Rhino Hero Super Battle. A very cool game. The um, family had a great time playing it. If you check out the How We Roll Facebook page, it's called the How We Roll Project. Then you will see actually a picture of the family playing it, and it's a very very cool game. And I want to shout out to Tumbleweed Toys who actually donated that game and two others for use at the family games night. Nice, so, yeah. Thanks, Tumbleweed Toys and Vanessa. At who's the owner there? Mm-hmm.
1: That how we roll project. Uh, it's really picking up speed. You know, getting it, its getting its feet wet in many different. It places. is. Uh,
0: Justin and I, along with another um, friend, Graham. Uh, working on a geek camp, which we've decided will be a Jedi Academy. We want to host that in January, and it'll involve kids building lightsabers, playing Star Wars RPG, painting minis, mm-hmm. and getting a lesson in how to fight with a lightsaber. Yep.
1: In our meetings, we start talking about what we should do in the camp and running it, and ah, we should get the kids to do this. Do... We start to get pretty amped up and excited. Yeah. So cool. I think that's a measure for us if we... If we geek out about it and go, oh, that'd be cool. I'd love to do that as a kid. Yeah. Then I'm pretty sure the kids are going to like it. But
0: yeah, it'll be um, it'll be cool for the kids. <laughs> I hope anyway, and I hope we get. You know, we're hoping for about 20 kids, it would be mm-hmm. perfect. But we'll we'll take whatever we can get. Mm-hmm. I think 10 minimum would be would be best. And if we got 50 kids, we'd somehow work with 50 kids. But mm-hmm. we'll see how it goes. We'll just clone ourselves. It'd be easy. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's um, some some stuff that's going on. We've also been playing. As just mentioned, a little bit of Gloomhaven, but yep. not so much. Yeah, a little bit. If you hear a little beep or a bing, you'll an instant messenger bing. It's probably Warren asking us whether we want to play Gloomhaven,
1: and then a couple of bings after that, where it's Clive shutting him down. Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I cannot make it. I have to wash my hair. <laughs> <laughs> I give Warren a hard time. He's had Jiminy Cricket when it comes to Gloomhaven. Yeah. He's very excited about the game, and we are too. But we played a lot of X-Wing 1.0 to say goodbye.
1: Yep, we did. That took a lot of our time in the last
0: month. It did. We went to two tournaments down <laughs> in Surrey, British Columbia, mm-hmm. down in the Lower Mainland. The first one Dorian and I went to, which was the Store Championship, where I finished... Fifth. I yep. just finished out of the top four by yeah. eighteen points. By eighteen points. Yeah. If I had have been smarter in my final game, I was three and zero oh going in. If I'd have gone and destroyed Dash Rendar instead of trying to take Miranda. out the Miranda who regenerates her shields all the time, and if I'd have destroyed Dash, even if I lost a game, I would have been placed actually maybe second or third, and would have been in the. Um, you know the the final four but i didn't and so but still a good showing went three and one yeah it's good dorian Um, went two and two there that was his first big tournament outside of kamloops yeah it's good yeah he did really well Mm -hmm. and then um and he was playing a list that he'll probably transition into 2.0 as well Mm -hmm. or a list similar focus token passing list yeah 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 like uh based on the two tubes and Garvin garvindraeus and someone called it what did they call it a rebel hug list you know, everybody's Rebel hugging, hug, yeah, shaking, everybody's shaking hands, and <laughs> yeah, yeah. hugging, and saying, "You have this, you have that." Yeah, and yeah, um, and then we went down again to Craving for a Game in Surrey. Shout yep. out to Craving for a Game; they are awesome hosts. Yeah, they're good. And we played. Justin and I went down. We played in the 1.0 tournament that they were hosting. That's right. And in that, I finished. I went three and one. I went three and one as well. Yeah. And I finished fourth, I think. And you finished, and I finished fifth. Fifth. Yep. Yeah that was good and I, I lost my first game to a guy i've been played for a while and i uh, i don't know i sh- i don't think i should have lost it but i you know i played i i thought i played poorly but he played yeah. well so
1: yeah and uh, it's funny because for most people there it was the final 1.0 tournament but then yeah. we had attack x what a couple of weeks later
0: yeah in uh, september the 14th mm-hmm. 15th something mm-hmm. like that we were at attack x in Kamloops, which is a big you know, two, three hundred people playing games from Warhammer to Guild Ball. Magic: mm-hmm. The Gathering was there mm-hmm. for the first time, and probably the smallest showing of X Wing because it was one, the end of 1.0, and that's a lot right. of locals have got their hearts set on 2.0. That's correct. And in that, I finished second, yeah, which was which was a good right. way to end up. And yeah. you ended up finishing uh, fourth, fourth, I think. Yeah. yeah. So it was a good showing at the end. Uh, Dorian and James, the Alderman pilots, were there. Nick Blanchett won his third Attack X in a row from Kelowna. Um, yeah, he—I lost him in my first game, and yeah, so that that was a lot of fun. Yep, and That's... I
1: was—I I played him at the head table at the end, right? Or no, I played you because there was five rounds. No, that was so I was three and zero. Then I played him and lost. Then I played you and lost.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I went four and one in that. So yeah, I had a lot of fun playing 1.0. So <coughs> kind of sad to see it go. Yeah. But a lot of fun. So that's what we've been up to in news from the outer rim. Mm-hmm. Um, please feel free to check out at the How We Roll project Facebook page and like it um, for any news about any gaming events that aren't necessarily related to science fiction or fantasy. Just if you love tabletop games. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so let's move on to our next segment. Yeah. Dum dum dum. Part two of the 2.0 show. So the other thing we've been doing in the last month is uh, putting a
1: bunch of games of 2.0 under our belt.
0: Yeah, we um, we finally got our copies, on which we'll, Justin will have a little bit of a rant about in yep. just a second. Just a small one. Um, so we'll give our first impressions. We'll talk about what we like about the game from the visual graphic part of it, um, the feel of the game, the gameplay, and we'll talk about some of the lists that we play we played. Just recently. So I received mine on the 17th from Earl. He had it earlier, but I didn't have the cash to give him. So I picked mine up on the 17th, got my three conversion kits mm-hmm. and my base set. Yeah. And Justin got his.
1: Oh, I got mine uh, more than a week after it was released. So I, I thought I would be clever. And right when back when it was announced, I, I was like, you know what? I don't want stores to be out of it or whatnot. So I'm going to order right from the source. So I I ordered pre-ordered right from Asmodee, and you pay in U.S. dollars, and you pay to have them ship it across the border, and then, lo and behold, you pay for duty. So I paid almost twice what you did, Clive. But I got two corsets, not one, and I picked up some dials as well. But I paid, I think, I paid more than twice what you paid. Yeah. Just adding the corsets and three sets of dials, so I it was outrageous how much I paid.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I guess, lesson learned.
1: I Totally. And then it came late, right? So yeah. I, I, I thought I was doing the smart thing, and I'm never doing that again. Yeah,
0: because you, you posted that it shipped almost a week before. That's right. But when you told me, when you said you hadn't got it, I thought, well, maybe it's stuck at the border. I mm-hmm. don't know. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's so bad when you have to pay duty on it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because not, not, not only was it outrageous, it was like the duty was just an extra kick in the teeth. So, uh,
0: no, that's all right. But I have to say, when... Or when I went and picked it up from Earl, actually, and I I kind of popped out from work, went and picked it up, got it in the car, and then got it home. It is so nice and shiny. The the black box is very cool. The the graphics have been upgraded. Mm -hmm. You pop open the box, there's three decks of cards in there, and a whole bunch of punching going on, you know, of of the new dials and everything, and... I really like the look of it. Much the, the, cleaner. Much cleaner. Yeah, um, Looks The game looks in of
1: itself is cleaner too. The language on the cards and the timing yeah. for things I found in our games already, yeah. been
0: much cleaner. It, it's like to me, you know, when you see a website that was made, you know, yeah. 15 years ago yeah. and now you see one now, it's that. It's, it's that so different. much cleaner. It's so yeah. You know, it's, it's, yeah.
1: They've taken way more time in the graphic design and also just the aesthetics. And I think that does add to the game.
0: Definitely. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then the first, actually, the first time I got to play it was at Attack X, where Chris Sampson, who's one of our Alderman pilots, was demoing it, and I played Vader against um, Dorian, was playing Luke, and I was playing Vader just two 80 point ships. And just looking at it, the. It, it just looked like a new game, Absolutely. you know, seeing and Bob, uh, Boba Fett was one of the ships you could have played, and it was on a medium base. Medium base. It just looked looked cool on a medium yeah. base, new, yeah. you know, and so very, very cool, very good feeling from that straight away and playing it, with, yep. you know, with the things like Force. But the feel of the game is, it for me, it's like learning a new game almost.
1: I agree um and you know what's funny that uh i i really didn't take a keen interest in 2.0 like i did pre-order early i did want it i i did read some things but not a keen interest when compared to some until that moment when i was done the last game on the second day of attack x uh and when we were when 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 then i could sort of lay down the mantle of okay no point in focusing on 1.0 anymore it's actually over that's when it opened up and i and then i turned around to the 2.0 demo table and i was like okay What's this about? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's just sort of funny the way that they released me, and now uh, I you know I really like two oh. I really do in much in many ways it's the same game, and in many ways it's better but yeah. um yeah what what uh, one thing I just learned actually just recently, i think yesterday is uh there will be no meta wing for two point because Fantasy Flight games won't be releasing any of the data in a spreadsheet format from any of the tournaments. there can be no external data collection system for that.
0: Unless someone does an external data collection.
1: But all of the tournaments and whatnot are all registered through FFG's app. And so if uh, they're not going to release that information, that means that you have to collect it by paper and manually enter it.
0: Yeah. Or what What I'm thinking is that the tournament organizer would have to enter it manually into mean. the computer. Manually, so yeah. well, if they had a spreadsheet and they entered the things in the spreadsheet while mm-hmm. they were doing it, Maybe you can import a CS3 file or something, and then it goes in. But I don't know; it'd be a lot more work for sure. Yeah. Um, so
1: he said, unless FFG decides to start releasing that information, he he would reconsider yeah. opening it. But so with no meadowing, Clive, how does that change the game?
0: How does that, how does that change the game? I think it changed it hugely because if you're in a community like Camloops, and there's there's going to be 10 people, maybe a maximum, they're going to play this game regularly. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's going to be you, me, Dorian, James, mm-hmm. Dylan, mm-hmm. you know, ho- hosting the summer, Greg yep. will play some, and they'll play. Yeah, so, you know, there's the f- first four we kind of play together, and then we play with Dylan, and we play with Greg, and we play with Kale, and we play with Chris, yep. so and then those games. four play, and mm-hmm. they kind of play a little That's bit more right. together. So there's kind of two groups, and they they. They fuse together and play at times. Joachim says mm-hmm. he's going to place this time. I'm going to start a league up. So th- there's about 10 people, I would say that, yeah. you know, earlo- earlo- play who, who are going to play yeah. and, it, and that could get reach to 14.
1: Sure. Those 10 people play intensely. That yeah. means that we create our local meta yeah. and we don't have anywhere to absorb from.
0: Saying, yeah. yeah. So that my point was exactly what you said is, is that we create our own meta and, Unless you go and play tournaments elsewhere mm-hmm. now, you're not going to learn. There'll, there'll be things online, people yeah. posting lists and how they've done and right. things like that. But,
1: but there won't be any of that hard evidence that, like for example, Ghost Fen spread yeah. so widely because it was so unbeatable yeah. for so long, and uh, like Triple Defenders, and all those things that MetaWing made popular with evidence. Yeah. So do, do you lament it? Do you like the fact that it's gone or not?
0: I did like metal wing because yeah. then I could test out lists and fly them and find lists that I want. I've got so many things going on mm-hmm. that I don't know whether I can sit down and you know, go, oh, that functions well with that, that functions well with that, that mm-hmm. functions well with that. You A lot know. of people
1: love that, right? And our, yeah, I would argue I our local community, like those 10 people you mentioned, yeah. love list billing. Yeah. And I think that's why they were so pissed off with 1.0 because... There's no point in list building when people have already, quote unquote, figured it out. Yeah. Right? So I I think that uh, that'll draw a lot of those people back into the game because you can bring something that surprises people. Yeah. That being said, you open the box and you open this new Inferno squadron, which is all all new ships, all new, or not new ships, they're all TIE LNs, but they're all new fighters. You put those four together with a Howl Runner and it's amazing. Yeah. And so it's almost like they're they're also going for like pre-packaged obvious things too at this early stage in the game anyway.
0: Yeah, that that's the obvious one. Yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how it develops, especially how it develops locally. Mm-hmm. I mean, because you can build a list with ships you like to fly. True. Like I I put a list together that was on a guy named Harry Nick. He's got a a good YouTube channel. In Australia, and he people were sending him lists, and he was doing video reviews of them. and One was a Lando Luke list. And so, I fl- I've been flying Millennium Falcon and an X Wing, and I don't think I've ever flown an X Wing and a Falcon. I can't remember playing those mm-hmm. competitively or even in fun games. I just, yeah. you know, I've had the ships, but never, they've so, never been ones yeah. that I've played. So, so, how do they work together? Maybe I'm I, because it's a good list. I mean there's a lot of going on there but Justin's just destroyed me with his robots
1: well there was one roll where I had two hits and two crits and you didn't roll anything against it that was a big swing
0: but even then you know I I mean but maybe I'm flying it wrong but but I think what it allows people to do if you like that if you like that list you can fly it you know that I can put a list together of ships that I like right now and fly it and potentially be competitive to begin with Mm -hmm. so because because everybody's on level pegging because there
1: are and there aren't any lists either that are just so astronomically synergistic no whoa i just said some big words yeah you did but you know there's nothing that's so crazy good that you know a a cruddy list will you can't beat see
0: there are good ships yeah right now so name a good ship um advanced vader is amazing well i I would say vader vader pilot good ship i would say a Defender's a good ship. Yeah, I would say Luke's a good ship. Yep. Um. So there are good ships out there. Sure. Creating the, h- the synergy yeah. between the ships is going to be the hardest thing yeah. in this. And and I think, you know, the obvious one is robots. If you throw, you know, because they can both link up and have each other's trait. Right. Other lists like that. You've got the two tubes that can pass.
1: Everybody loves Boba. Boba's yep. huge right now
0: yeah Boba is huge but you know so it's Boba and another ship right you know, so it's finding another ship. But is there a synergy between Boba and that other ship? Yeah, right. You know, if you go with a Guri, you want to get in range one with both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, then maybe you know, I still have to look at all. You know, I can't remember all the cards. Yeah. But maybe there's a card that if you're in you know range one of another, then you you can pass tokens to it, things yep. like that. You know. Yeah. So there are synergies to be, but I think right now you could just pick any ship, Vader, and another ship like Vader Rex Lebrath. It's a solid list yeah. you've got two really good sure. ships yep. but they don't necessarily synergize well right. together They're each you independently know. awesome. yeah so
1: yeah I agreed and uh speaking of that like when i when I got my 2.0 boxes man there's a lot of cards I needed to reorganize I needed to re um i t- t- of course took all my 1.0 stuff out but I found that um there wasn't enough space in my old binder for my 2.0 stuff so I had to actually put all of my pilots in a different organization system. So, yeah, there's a lot to go through, I guess what it's trying to say. Uh, A lot to new pilots, new abilities, new rules, and a lot to iron out. So, at this point of the game, I kind of like the fact that it's a no-man's land. It feels like you're kind of open in a field and, hey, man, where do you want to go? Because you can find success almost anywhere.
0: So, I think that, you know, we talked about the feel of the game. I'm going to move to a little bit of the gameplay here. From playing the game... You cannot. There are ships that allow you to token stack, but token stacking isn't as strong as it once was. You use your evade token to change one of your results to an evade. Mm-hmm. Your focus token is the same, but you know, unless you build a tie defender, you can put an evade and a focus token on a tie defender. It rolls mm-hmm. three dice, mm-hmm. but it's hard to. Get, it's harder to get those ultimate dice modifications yeah. so therefore if someone rolls good dice better dice than you without that you know you've yeah. got you've got a chance and you know and i i get maybe it's my mental thing when someone rolls three dice and they yeah. get the you know three green dice and they get two evades and the focus token and mm-hmm. it's three three evades and you go oh now i've just rolled two hits and a crit you know i get a little bit i do still get a little bit salty about that but mm-hmm. i think that the dice mitigation just rolling straight dice and getting an arc and just rolling three dice because you know unmodified dice against three unmodified dice is going to be more common, yeah than it wasn't. You have to be very careful when you're going to take a stress that's right because you know if you do that yeah, then you the really whole, don't get any modifications agreed
1: you know? on the whole, modifications are much more rewarding. Well, that that being said, they're rarer, and so it feels like a greater reward. I think in 1.0, it was to the point of like, oh, guess what? Every turn, I'm going to one hard right, which is green, push the limit to this, yeah. and now I've got this, and because I target lock free evade, et cetera, yeah. et cetera, over and over. So, y- yep, the modifications are harder to come by, which means you've got to be smarter you know, you got to really think: yeah. Am I going to spend this target lock or save it for next round? Um, and and there's going to be moments too where you'll roll unmodified and just yay! Look, hit crit crit, and the other person rolls blanks, and that's a yeah. game swing. And yeah. it's really the root of this game and what it was. Yeah. And those exciting moments where that's what I mean by an open field and a level playing field is that people with crappy lists still have a better chance.
0: Yeah, and I think there there are two card. There's one card that I think is awesome. Fire control systems. Oh yeah, I mean it was awesome in the first one. It's been nerfed a little bit yeah. in this one, yeah. but it's still. If you can get that on there, and you, you because dice modification is harder. If you yeah. can get a fi- fire control systems and just even roll one die, yeah, you know. So the then reward,
1: it's good. the reward for having that upgrade is less, but in a land where rewards are harder come by, yeah. it's just as effective. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah.
0: And then having a force user. Yeah, so force having yeah. In two point there are Darth Vader, Luke Skywalker, Inquisitors. Um, there are various ships that have an a force ability, and they'll have a force value. And so Vader has a force value of three. And when you roll a die, they act as focus tokens. So you can even be stressed and still use them, but you can only use one to change one focus token. Mm-hmm. So Vader rolls a hit two eyeballs to focus he can flip two of his force tokens over to change those to hits and he still has one left and then you get to regen one every turn
1: right if you're luke every time you get attacked yeah
0: so that i think for you're going to see a lot of force users early i think you're going to see aces with fire control systems on them Mm -hmm. yeah i mean that they're two that i think uh that have popped out straight away, and that's from playing Darth Vader yeah. and Luke Skywalker.
1: Right. Yeah, the Force is a big thing.
0: So the, the other the other thing that changes the game a little bit are the charge tokens. Mm-hmm. So now some R2-D2, you can spend a charge to regen a shield, but you have to take a weapons disabled token, and right. you can do that three times. You can't do it every time you do a green maneuver or now a blue maneuver. You know, now it's just you have to spend a charge. You get to regen three times. There's a counter on almost everything, yeah. which which
1: does I'm going to admit add to the level of administration that is required, yeah. right? You're you're flipping tokens. You're, um, you know, you can oh, you can like you can do this twice. You can do that once. You can do this four times. You can reload this, but not that. So yeah. there is some there, but all in all, I would say the game has increased in its elegance.
0: Yeah, and with Luke and his. Yeah, I was flying Luke just now with R2-D2. There's a little bit more tactical awareness is needed. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say strategy because it's you know, strategy as you're going in with that, but tactical awareness. So now when you're regening a shield, you have to take a weapons disabled token. Mm-hmm. So I had to decide and to not engage, run away, regen a shield, and come back. Now, I'd lost both shields on Luke, and I decided... No, if I turn here I can get a four die shot against your mm-hmm. ship and then four die shot or three die shot, I don't do any damage, you turn around, try to be me on a rock, and now I'm I've lost y i am i have lost I roll a hit and mm-hmm. now I'm down to three hull and roll another hit now you know so mm-hmm. there's a lot more thought required now in the game because of these balancing yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a balance that's right and now those balancing act the balancing act and it's not just on R2-D2 it's on other things you have to, you have to be more aware of when you need to engage when yeah. you need to disengage
1: yeah uh, I'd say the game as a whole has become more difficult and so yeah. but it, difficult for both players
0: it comes down to piloting that's exactly and knowing what I mean. when, to, when to engage when to disengage try and read what the other ship's doing so that when you disengage you're not getting shot up the tail Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think it's um, it's going to be a harder game than 1.0. Yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah, but when, when it's harder for both, it's still fair and equal.
0: Yeah, you know. But uh, so, a couple of, mention a couple of lists you played that you've enjoyed flying. Yeah.
1: So again, I I, I did create a robots list and, and um and and I know it's pretty straightforward to create a robots list. Um, and I I did base it on things that I already knew about them. But two robots, advanced sensors, so they always are going to get an action every turn unless I bump right. Then I have the typical, like, uh, they're control bots. So they each have ion cannon tractor beams. So there's multiple sort of things to do to control the board. And those are uh, important things to do in in the new game, right? And controlling people, I find, is much more important um, because I don't know why. But uh, the new ion cannon is really hard because before, if you landed a hit, it landed a hit and an ion token score. Now, if you land a hit, you get only a hit. You have to sink it deeper than one hit and every other thing gets an ion token. So in, you know, theory, I guess you could fire that and get two ion tokens on something in one turn if it had one agility or, you know. But the chance I I find that when I fire the ion cannon, ioning someone, it has become definitely more difficult but that's okay. It's for a big ship, you know. Th- yeah, that's okay for a small ship, which are usually higher agility. Anyway, ironing is is has become harder. Um, so anyway, then I throw proton bombs on there, and um, yeah. and and they're fun. They're good. They they st- they only get one action really per turn. Um, but they get the boost free evade, so yeah. that I use that boost to really reposition well. Um, but they're also not the highest um, initiative, so. They're kind of a tricky list, and like getting
0: the evade and focus, they they get they get the token stack. They don't get an evade and focus. No, you bo- you boot you. So or if you boost, you yeah, don't you get Yeah, you boost, away. you get an evade. Yeah. So yeah. where where I used
1: to have pushed the limit on them, and you could token yeah. stack. Yeah. Now you can't do that. So, you know, with those things, they have a built-in feature that if you calculate, you get two tokens. But a calculate token is lame.
0: Yeah. The, the thing that you forgot, which is one of the most annoying, especially if threat of You're Shooting First, is Juke. Yeah, right. Their pod skills, Juke. Yeah. So that if you if you have an evade token, you can make someone change their evade into a focus. Right.
1: And, uh, and you were going to say that you love the card Fire Control Systems. I think I really like the card Juke. Now, I liked it before. Yeah. But um, the reason why I really like Juke is because of my other list. Now, most of these crappy TIE Fighters, especially the Inferno Squadron, they come with a pilot talent. So, you can apply Juke to a Swarm. So, now you have a Swarm, five TIE Fighters. Each one of them is going to take Evade every single time, every single round, right? They're already hard enough to kill. And, yeah, typically people would take a Focus Token in a TIE Swarm, right? Now you take the Evade, reroll one with HAL Runner, and every single person on the other end defending is going to have one of their evade tokens turned into a focus, which is fine yeah. on one target if it has a focus token, great. But with a swarm, I'm firing four or five times on one target, and it'll only have that focus token for one of yeah. them. So I found Juke to be very, very helpful in a swarm, and I think that card is really going to do well in this
0: game early on. That Definitely that new Inferno squadron, check out the pilots. It's, it's annoying to play against. They've got so many little tricks. Mm-hmm. Reroll
1: defense re-roll attack um, well, there's, there's one
0: that eats all the damage from one shot from one, just one shot yeah. so I think I rolled against someone and rolled like three hits and a crit it was Fen Rao I think it was five
1: hits yeah and, and then, then I rolled two, two evades but I, you know that yeah. would kill me so I yeah. just ate the whole damage yeah, yeah so
0: that was annoying but yeah so those two lists I think could both be competitive yeah they're early good. on um, I I I was flying Darth Vader and Rexler Brath. Rexler's a, a tank, a defender yeah. that can do the 4k white and if you do a 345 maneuver you get the evade, then you can token stack and take a focus. Yeah. And now they're three hull, four shields, so mm-hmm. they're even beefier. Mm-hmm. So very good ships and then Darth Vader has his three force tokens? He put fire control systems. He still has his advanced targeting computer. So every time you're rolling, you're rolling three dice, and you can change a hit to a crit, mm-hmm. and you get a re-roll. You know, one re-roll. So with fire he, control systems, yeah, with yeah. fire control systems, you can re-roll one die without losing the um, the fo- the target lock. His Plus, other skill. He's a force user, so he, yeah, he's, he's a force yeah. user. But what his skill is, he he no longer gets just two actions but you can spend a Force Token to take that second action. Can you spend another
1: Force Token to get a third action? No. You can't? No. I saw a guy do that in a video.
0: I, I wouldn't hmm. think so. I'm pretty sure you can't. Hmm. But what but what you can do, though, is if you put Supernatural Reflexes on him, mm-hmm. you can bow roll. Or boost. Or boost. And then... Before you but dial. Before you dial. But, so that's kind of one action. So you spent, but you have to spend a force token to do right. that, then you can take your maneuver, then you can do two actions. So you could get right. three actions in one turn and spend two of your um yeah force so turns. Vader has
1: this deep um force pool. Whereas Luke has a shallower force pool yeah. but quicker regen. Yeah. So, so. which do you prefer?
0: I think Vader is tougher. The yep. three, you can spend three and you're going to get one back and you yep. don't have to use su- supernatural reflexes. Right. You don't have to use the... Um, I mean, because also a force token is basically, if you have one, it's having it's having an eyeball. Well, that only
1: changes one die.
0: It changes one die, but, but it's still... Usually yeah. an eyeball yeah. is only four or one. Yeah, If you roll three dice, the chances of you getting yeah. two of them... You're yeah, slim. you got to get one anyway. So I like I like that. That's because they're two beefy ships. It would be nice if there was, if you could somehow create some synergy between the chips. Mm-hmm. But you put them out there, the other person, you know, will, I'd probably go after the defender's the easier, it's more predictable. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas Vader has the boost barrel roll and can get out. Yeah. But the defender also has, now it has fi- all five actions. Yeah. It's got, which got boost is, in know, there too. So it can That's boost, new. barrel roll, focus, target lock, and or evade. And if you do a three, four, five maneuver, you've got the evade. So mm-hmm. it's basically got a push the limit with an evade and any other action.
1: Well, it's better than push the limit because it doesn't give you a stress.
0: Well, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: What I find with both Luke and Vader and their chassis, the TIE Advanced and um, the X-Wing T65, they're really not super nimble. Like, they don't have the one-hards. They don't have... What is a one-hard? Like, an Interceptor does. An A-Wing does. A Tie Advanced yeah. Prototype does. Yeah. And those are really important. They make them really true aces, right? The re- to be able to sharply turn and... Uh, so, there are a lot of reposition and a lot of actions that Vader has, but I found that in one game between you and me, Vader just couldn't keep up with pointing in the right direction. You know, between me barrel-rolling... What was that? Did I have a dash in that one? I think that was dash or something.
0: Yeah, I ended up beating you in that I game. I think so, yeah.
1: But uh we're at barrel rolling, like Vader Vader spent a lot of turns not shooting because, you know, couldn't turn around fast enough and the thing about four King with him or three or five or whatever he's got yeah. is uh you know, that makes him lose out on his double action, which you don't want to do.
0: Yeah, it, if you don't do that and you still have your, your three force tokens and you put your focus. But I think he is better than Luke, I even think. in his
1: initiative, I agree with you, yeah, you know if it's oh, yeah. just him versus Luke, he wins because of initiative, yeah, definitely, yep,
0: definitely, yeah, so there's a lot to think about in this game, and a lot more that we have to discuss. Mm-hmm. Next episode, we're hoping to get Dorian and James on. Uh, to discuss some lists that we've yeah. been, they've been playing, and that more that we've been playing,
1: I hope to build and generate a bunch of lists uh, yeah. and play them, and then we can report on how our yeah. lists are doing.
0: I, I think what I'd like to do is maybe assign you guys a task of coming up with three pilots you would like to fly. Mm-hmm. Just go through all, and you know, oh, this one sounds interesting. the The one pilot that I would like to fly, and I can't think of the pilot's name, just to see how it works is the YV-666 pilot mm-hmm. that allows you to basically fly off the board and put him in reserve, and next go, put him on the board at range one from the edge that you flew off. Right. So that could be, you know, you could theoretically, if, I'm, if I can, you, well, what you could do is the first maneuver, you could fly off the board the second maneuver, you could put yourself right up the other end of the board because it's on the side that you went off no oh, yeah right behind the ships yeah right wow that would be crazy that would be crazy you know or you just move one straight make sure they've given you enough room bam get right behind them Next us right. go
1: <laughs> that's kind of a wild trick
0: yeah so it'll be interesting to play that so that might be one i look at so i've got to go through the cards i haven't been through all the cards mm-hmm. they're just sitting in a box i, I yeah so that the will be the end of episode two of the 2.0 show hope you enjoyed it we'll be back um with episode three next time we record which hopefully will be later maybe later this week or next weekend mm-hmm. when we can get dorian and james out want to do some recommendations We'll definitely do some recommendations. Okay. Would you like to go first?
1: I'll go first, sure. Um, I would like to recommend a book. And uh, I'm only part way through the book, so forgive me. I picked up this book because uh, I wanted to learn more about visualization. Clive and I are doing this thing called Miracle Morning, and visualization is part of it. It's sort of visualizing your goals, right? Yeah. And I'm crap at it. In fact, I don't even know how it works or what it's about. So I picked up this book. It's called Psycho-Cybernetics. The only reason I picked it up is because I Googled for books that teach you about visualization and I picked this one up. So it comes to my house. I start reading it. I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah, it was written in 1958. Holy it, I know. And it was a, it's a psychology book in 1958. So it's really interesting when you come across dated themes and concepts. But the book in and of itself is absolute genius. It's written by a plastic surgeon who... Noticed that in his patients, many patients would come and say, "You know, my ears are too big." My ear, you know, and they'd be neurotic about themselves. And he would look and say, "You know, what you need is self confidence, or what you need is this." What you, so he actually decided as part of his practice to become also part psychiatrist. So he did a lot of study in that uh, realm because so many people came for plastic surgery and didn't need it, or did get plastic surgery to fix the problem and it didn't fix, you know, their 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 neurosis or whatever. So it's really interesting. he essentially collects together and gives you some brain neuroscience from the fifties about how your brain works and the way it focuses on goals and needs a goal so even if you if you have no goal if you live any any moment of your life right now where you're not striving towards something, that means that essentially your brain is tearing itself apart and uh it's really interesting and and the trick is that how do you find validity in stuff that's you know fifty 60 years old now. Um, so you got to kind of take everything in there, uh, what it is. But it's fantastic for describing how goals in your brain drive you towards success. Really
0: interesting stuff.
1: That's what I recommend. What? Psycho-Cybernetics. Not the greatest title
0: ever. I'm going to give you two recommendations. Well, all right. And they're both going to be books. So you guys are going to be doing a lot of reading. All right. The first one is a novel. And it is called Red Sister by Mark, Mark Lawrence. <laughs> I got this out of the library three times, read the first chapter, you know, chapter and a half, and it was but very descriptive, and I wasn't in the mood for it, but I wanted to read this because the first line, and I always mess this line up, if you're going to kill a nun, you, you need an army of substantial size or of something like that.
1: You better bring an army.
0: Yeah, better bring an army of substantial yeah. size or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, and then this it, 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 is a prologue part. The prologue's awesome, and then it goes into the story about this girl, Nona, who lives in a village and she's sold by her mother. She's considered a little bit of an outcast because she doesn't look like anybody else in the village. She's sold by her mother. There's a backstory to that that he comes back to. but And this guy goes around villages and picks up all these women. He's looking for girls and boys. He's looking for treats in these boys and girls that he can sell on to academies or to fighting schools or whatever. And this one girl, Nona, ends up at... A convent where they train girls in different paths there's a gray sister, the red sister, the holy sisters, and each one each path is the gray sisters are uh, basically your kind of ninja they've got a little bit of magic in them they they you know they can pull these little threads and change you know these imaginary threads and change things that are happening. The red sisters um are basically just beasts they they, they they're killers. So she gets trained and she become, she's being trained to be a Red Sister. And that's where it comes from. And the story is awesome. Every time you think you've got something figured out, he adds another character. And you go, how can he add another character here? And then it just weaves it in nicely. And I read the book and wanted to read. Now Now the second book's out. It's called Grey Sister. Mm-hmm. So it continues mm-hmm. the story of Nona. So they don't have it in the library because it's fairly recent and it's in the hardcover. So I go to the Locust Chapter store. Grab a cup of tea from Starbucks, <laughs> sit down, and I'm on a chapter. I'm page 75 of Great Great Sister at chapters right now. So yeah, it's so Red Sister by Mark Lawrence is the first one, and the second book I would see, and and because Justin bought up this Miracle Morning, which is a. Program where you, you you get up early in the morning and you meditate and you visualize, you do affirmations, you do exercise, you read, and and then you journal or scribe. Some of the reading I did, I picked up a book by uh, Jocko Will- Willink, who's an ex Navy SEAL, called "Discipline Equals Freedom." Hmm. Very easy read, military kind of typing, mm-hmm. you know. And basically, when after I read that book, I thought. Okay, there's no excuses. Mm-hmm. I'm overweight. There's no excuse for being overweight. I eat carbs; they'll kill you. That's mm-hmm. the you know. It was. I think they're called sugar-coated lies. He talks yeah. about donuts now; they'll kill you. And you know, you don't know what hunger is until you you know you're actually right. being without food for thirty days. Or and I just went, okay, yeah, he's right. No yeah. excuses. You know, hesitate. Don't hesitate. Just do it. Cool. So since then, I've been going to the gym. I've lost fifteen pounds. This is. Thirty thirty five days ago, I started I read this mm-hmm. book. Lost fifteen pounds. Mm-hmm. Going to the gym every day. Doing reading. The other goal is to do this um, Jedi Academy. So mm-hmm. I've set myself two goals. I want to say it's life changing, but it's only been thirty five days, right? You know, but I don't plan on changing right exactly. now. I have, I you know, <laughs> normally when we were doing something like this, we might have a you bowl might, of chips out right. or something and like that. You might that, lose you know? steam or yeah. or
1: feel like oh, I can't keep this up forever, yeah.
0: but. But right now, it it just and I've I've recommended to the people and they've read it and I recommended it to my friend Michelle, she read it and passed it on to a, a friend of hers and now this guy after reading this book, well, clyde has been going to the gym, I can go to the gym. He's been <laughs> nice. going to the gym nonstop, you Sweet. know. Uh, she showed it to a daughter who loves uh, slurpees. Yeah, she read the sugar coated lies, and her mum said. I'm going to Seven Eleven. Do you need a Slurpee? Because no, I don't need a Slurpee. Yeah, she had one the next day though. But oh, yeah, nice. <laughs> but, yeah uh, it's called. Uh, it's by Jocko Willink. W i l l i n k, and it's called Discipline Equals Freedom. The first part, the thoughts, is awesome. The second part is actions, where he talks about what he does, and he's like, I mean, he's like an ex Navy SEAL, so he's yeah. doing you know his workout is Jiu Jitsu, doing chin ups, and you know kettle weights and things like that and you know going to the range and shooting people and you know I'm just joking there but <laughs> you know but it's something that he he he's capable of doing you yeah. know I'm not saying that I can go to a jiu-jitsu class but I have started going to a martial arts class a wing chun class cool. on mondays so yeah anyway you guys didn't need to know all that stuff but um <laughs> I think it's an awesome book cool. so so it's so we have psycho cybernetics by dr maxwell malt and then we have red sister by mark lawrence and then discipline equals freedom by jocko Willink. jocko so, okay well thanks for listening we'll see you next time and where we'll be talking more about x-wing 2.0 on the 2.0 show and we'll be giving you the latest news from the outer rim which Will involve maybe CamCon. More news about CamCon.
1: Sounds great. Okay. Okay. Till next time, everybody.
0: Yeah, this is Evil C checking out. And Razzaman signing off.